Welcome to It's Our Turn. Welcome to It's Our Turn. Queers in Cults. We would like to acknowledge the original inhabitants of this area, the Weot tribe, and thank the past, present, and future stewards of this land. This land acknowledgement does not exist in the past tense. Colonialism is a current ongoing process, and we need to build the mindfulness of our present participation. We all should take action to support our local indigenous communities. Go to honortax.org to find out more about whose land you're on and how to support those tribes. In this show, we talk about religious and personal trauma. Our episodes often include subjects centering around manipulation, gaslighting, coercion, toxic masculinity, patriarchy, shame, guilt, brainwashing, emotional, mental, and physical abuse. If any of these topics are things you don't want to hear today, please feel free to skip this episode. Your mental health is always the top priority. Is it happening? Is it, is it real? Are we on? Are we live? I think so. I can hear your phone notifications. This is <laughs> so much. You know what? I don't understand how this radio thing works. Like, is it? I don't know. <laughs> Absolutely not. Hey, welcome everybody hello, to hello, hello. It's Our Turn, Queers and Cults. Yeah, I forgot to say it with you. I'm That's so okay. That. That's all right. I was looking at the board and changing. It's felt so long since I've been here that <laughs> I, I just want to give you all the airtime you possibly it's can. It's just so nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, welcome to It's Our Turn, Queers in Cults. Cults. We did it that time. That was nice. That time. Okay, perfect. I'm Aiden. Uh, my pronouns are they, them. My name is Emerson. My pronouns are he, they. Just to give a shout out as to like why we list forever every single thing that we might ever talk about in our episodes, it's for a reason. Like there is a very real reason as to why, um, why being so specific is necessary. Yes, because for some people, that is a very real thing. Yes, and that if it's caught unaware, mm-hmm. that that spiral, it that trigger. Yes. And so that's it's for those people yeah. that we read those off. I don't know if you've ever been in a place like this in your life, but I know for a fact that I have where I'm, you know, I'm in therapy. I'm I'm uh, working on stuff now and I'm, I'm in a better place. That doesn't mean I don't get triggered. That just means that I am a little bit more prepared on what to do when I am triggered. But before I started that that work, just the mention of something. Uh, just the mention of something that triggers me sent me I, I, exactly. It would send me into a spiral. Yeah. Um, speaking of, I mean, we're talking about language today. Like that's <laughs> yes. our topic. We're talking hey, about language. Hey, what are language. we talking about yeah. today? We're talking about talking. We're talking about. <laughs> la- <laughs> we're going to talk about talking, which is something that we're very good at. And uh, oh, hold on a second. What you know? What? I almost. No, oh, no. <gasps> I did it. I thought I forgot to hit record. And okay, I, did, I, I super wanted to check in. Um, but yay, good <laughs> for you. I did it. I did my minimal job that I'm supposed to do every single time. <laughs> okay, but like, Anyways. be gentle on yourself. Thank also, you. just a loving check in. Are both mics that are speaking on. up and yep. on perfect? Oh, you're almost. so on it. I almost did, and so good check. You're great. Yeah. It's <laughs> managing. 
managing a show with so many components with two people that nothing personal, but like two people that have memory issues. Yeah. Is a fun yep. adventure every week. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and it's not that even it's like, uh, well, it, it is in a lot of ways a lot, but it's like a lot of little things. Yes, like, a lot of little. Yeah. It's, like like this little detail and mm-hmm. that detail and signing into the email and starting up this and recording. Yeah. and yeah. But it's like it's a fun little game of like checklist. And why do we do it? Because we love it and we want to get this information out to all you lovely people. And a perfect transition into this. Yeah. For whatever reason... We need to speak things out loud. Humans, regardless of who or what or where you are, you need to speak it out loud. And not everyone needs to speak everything out loud. Like, there are quiet people. But especially voicing trauma and especially voicing, like, collective events. Mm -hmm positive or negative like words need to be shared about it and so yes this is a lot of work but we have our selfish reasons (laughs) yeah we're doing it well i don't think i mean well selfish well selfish in the sense of the literal word like we're doing this yeah because it like we're we are focusing on our needs on uh, we're 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 focusing on ourselves. So if selfish has such a negative connotation and okay, it is not perfect. inherently negative. Perfect. Selfish is not inherently negative. Yes. The 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 implication that the use of the word selfish implies that it is negative. Mm-hmm. And where do we get that from? We get that from toxic religion. From among daddy other religion. <laughs> from daddy from daddy religion. From daddy religion cuz there's I, we're not we cannot refer to it as daddy religion or else I'm going to turn it into a kink and I don't need that right now. <laughs> <laughs> or do you? Or do I? Cuz okay. I don't know. Let's just like <laughs> let that one sit. Um but that's that's a perfect so in needing to speak things out loud Ability is a big thing that I've been experiencing with speaking, and that's when you say ability that you've been like the the challenge the the challenge to speak is that what you're talking about? So so, I just just, just for clarification, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, and and this is like I will elaborate on okay. what I mean okay. by ability because it's been a big thing. I have no quote unquote physical reason quote-unquote okay that I, I okay i guess i should take a step back i have experienced a lot of blockages in an inability to voice yes what i yes. have or what i'm experiencing or what i need yes um i i think i've mentioned before in the book the body keeps the score mm-hmm. there is a part of the brain that controls language that shuts down when a body is experiencing trauma, mm-hmm. whether actively or like re-experiencing memories from that mm-hmm. trauma. So with that knowledge, I have the ability to speak physically. Like I have yes. the physical ability yes. to speak, but there was something non-physical about my inability to speak. Yeah, yes, yes. <sighs> so <laughs> yeah no that makes a lot of sense thank you, you so that's it, you explained it very well thank you so for that, that uh, ability like i was not able to mm-hmm. speak in those moments but now that i am more able to speak mm-hmm. 
it's it's really incredible just like the the change that I've experienced yeah in being able to talk about it and and I feel like this might be <laughs> another good plug for the body keeps the score but also the book um, permission to feel mm-hmm. and I I highly recommend reading permission to feel before the body keeps the score okay because you know, you mentioned being triggered and being sent on this spiral. Mm-hmm. For some people, even talking about emotions sends them on that spiral. Yes. Oh, ding, ding, ding. Let alone <laughs> acknowledging that they're feeling a yes. feeling and processing that mm-hmm. emotion in a however healthy way that mm-hmm. looks for that person. For me, I, emotions are so often, I, this is something I'm currently dealing with. Emotions are so difficult for me and they're so... Um, uh, unreliable i don't know if that's not the term untrustworthy yeah and that like like it's not just like oh this conversation is going to make me sad it's like i don't know how sad this is going to make me and i'm not entirely sure if this conversation will um help me to feel an emotion or if it's going to break down a dam that i am not prepared for so i just Mm -hmm. avoid them at all costs because it's Mm -hmm. very i don't have emotional regulation i i i I struggle with emotional regulation in general because i've i've as a survival technique, I have suppressed so many emotions and, and like I can't not let, my, let myself feel because I can't regulate them and I will feel all of them and that takes me to a very dangerous place and I totally. don't go there again. Totally. So it's definitely a very valid, viable means of survival. But if you're in survival mode for too long, PTSD. Yes. That emotional regulation starts to break and so I it, it is broken and it's hard to do that. So at just the very mention of emotions, someone says, you know, I'm having a really rough day. Can I talk to you about it? Whoosh. Like I just wall goes down. You can talk to me for sure. I will definitely listen and be like, but mine, I'm not going to, I'm not going to empathize with that. I have to like, it's just, it's hard. So, so yes, I'm one of those people that like, I even hear someone talking about emotions across the street down the road and I'm like, nope, closed off for today. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so in that, in that um, in that place of not even being able to talk about or feel feelings, how are you supposed to unpack all of that suppressed trauma in your body? Mm-hmm. And that I, I was I was talking to a family member about this because they're also I mean they've had a fucking childhood like mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a gnarly childhood and we are related and genetics like ancestral trauma. Mm -hmm. I don't know. This is getting very spiritual. I am a very spiritual person. I'm getting there. I'm getting to be more spiritual. (laughs) I'm working on it. Yeah. It's, um, but it, it all, I mean, even if we're not related, like we're all connected and there is a collective trauma that is currently, I mean, just like we read in the land acknowledgement, like colonialism, which is a trauma. It is an ongoing current, right? This second trauma. Yeah. And it won't be processed. It won't be healed until we can talk about it. And we can't talk about it until we can feel it. And we can't feel it until we talk, talk about, about it. it. <laughs> yeah. So which... so read about feeling your feelings mm-hmm. and then read about unpacking the feelings that are locked in your body that have been locked in your body for your whole life and in some cases like even yeah. before that like it's a process and and 
don't take it all on in one second. You know, be patient in the process. I hate that fucking phrase, but just be. But it's true. Just that's it. Just be. Literally, just be be with yourself. Yeah. Just be. (laughs) Just fucking be with yourself. (laughs) Done. We've said all we can say. Goodbye. (laughs) I sound like such a rude person. Oh. (laughs) Sound like that. That like that. You're that. You're giving off that friend energy who's like the blunt friend who is always like like 90% of the time they're right. They say exactly what you need to hear, but you don't like how you, they don't say it the way you want to hear it, you know? So like, Thank you. This is what you need to do. I'm going to tell you what you need to do right now. This is what you need to do. And you're like, fuck, they're so right, but I hate listening to them. That's that's fair. Not that I hate listening to you, but it's like that, that energy of like, well, it doesn't matter if I want to hear it. I need to hear it. So I'm good. Thanks. And an element to that is I'm not saying what you need to do right now. What you need to do right now is nothing at all. Nothing you need to all, just yeah. fucking be with yourself. Yeah. Like, yes. just take a second. I was just telling you this morning morning that there are two things that every person needs more of that I believe that are effective in healing and that is privacy that is time and space away from other people's eyes and time Time. like literally time Mm -hmm. like literally no time um, interacting with other humans interacting or like accounted for like Mm -hmm. you just need time to just be which is a really challenging thing for people who have religious trauma because there was always work to do. Actually, a friend of mine this morning, they sent me um, a reel on Instagram and it was about uh, uh, int- religious intrusive thoughts. And it was this this person like, you know. How was it, it this cutie blonde? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, wasn't that a good that one? That person is exploding on the internet. I need, to f- I need to follow them because I was like, oh, yep, this is my life every day. And but was, anyway, please explain what that video was oh, so that yeah. other people know what we're talking about. So it's a, it's what, a really common theme on like TikTok or Instagram reels where it's like one person, you know, they're playing themselves and their thoughts. In a different and, sweater or yeah, whatever. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And they're like, remember that time when, you know, in your church and you were in youth group and and uh, being bored was a sin, so you could never be bored because there was you were always needed to be praying or, or witnessing or reading your Bible or doing something. And and, and this uh, is the evangelical the, intrusive thought. Yes, speaking. this is the intrusive thought thinking. Yeah, yeah. and it's just like yep. And then when you would tell your friends when they said they were bored, you said you weren't bored because you were praying right now in this moment in your head. And, and <laughs> so you're, you're like, good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And they're like, that's it. Just wondering if you remembered. And that's kind of how intrusive uh-huh. thoughts are, where you're like just trying finally enjoying yourself, and it's like bam, remember this memory. But that was so true, where it was like it was uh it was you were never allowed there was never time to relax you never had time to relax you never had time to just be with yourself and your thoughts because if you were if you were bored you could be doing something for god if you were bored there was never a reason to be bored never a reason to be bored so especially for me my dad was very much his only worth was in his ability to produce so his only worth you know, he was very toxic masculine and his only worth as, worth as a man was working. And so you had that influence plus the re- religious influence if you're not, you know, if you're bored, you have time to... So those two things yeah. together, it was like I was always working or doing something for Jesus or working for Jesus. There was never, hmm. like, downtime wasn't a thing. You yeah. didn't rest, you You're either relax. working working mm-hmm. for Jesus or working for Jesus. Because there was always <laughs> a goal you could all... There was never... It was, it was, it was presented to us the language coming back to what we're talking about the language was presented to us as like oh you there's always opportunity to grow this there's never like you know jesus is eternal and his power is eternal you can always achieve more you can always 
be more, you can always have more of his glory and his happiness and his beauty. But what was what they were actually was saying is you're never going to be good enough. See, yep. that's the like that. That's one of the things about language is what you say is not the same as what they hear. Yeah. And and that you know that that's a, a concept in like therapy that I've heard is that like you can't be responsible for for someone you know someone else's reactions to your words. Yeah. But you're also a very con- you know like but also if you want to communicate with someone you have to communicate. You have to understand what they're here, not just what you say. You know, like that. I, I'm not wording it right, right but that that concept. It, yeah, yeah. I, I think to to elaborate what what you're getting across is that there is a balance of communicating yourself effectively so that someone else can understand you, yes. but also saying your truth despite what their interpretation mm-hmm. or their reaction might be. Yeah, it's a freaking balance it's dude a lot. It's, and communication is very difficult and it's so what i'm finding is that there are no givens there are no assumptions in communication mm-hmm. anymore that they are so different between person to person and situation to situation you know like what i would say to my coworker at work is very different than what i would say to even a good friend or like you know yeah Yes. It's just it's so different. It's so different. And I, I, I I'm I'm just having this light bulb moment because of what you're talking about, like where such a huge part of, I'm wondering it's kind of like those pieces falling into yeah, place. Yes. I'm like I'm wondering if language is so important to us as people with toxic religious experience with religious trauma because what peop what they were saying was never what they meant, you know? Like like the example I just gave is like you know, there's always more to achieve in oh. Jesus, but what they're actually saying is you're never good enough. And, um, you know, like I need to write this down. <laughs> so I think one of the, and, but that trauma, that experience like transfers into other parts of my life. So, you know, w- w- that when, you know, your, your manager says, you know, like, like, you know, here's one area of improvement. What you hear is you're not doing good. You're not doing good. <sighs> you're not you're not perfect, you know? And yeah. and when your partner says like, Hey, like, do you think you could work on this? Or, Hey, you know, sometimes, you know, like, Oh, by the way, like that was kind of like, you know, if you don't mind picking up your shirts, that would really help me. And what you hear is, um, I don't love you because you are, because you did one thing, you know, like, like, like the, like the trauma of living in an environment was where you had to constantly, be reading between the lines. You had to constantly be aware of the <gasps> subtext. You had to constantly be trying to interpret what they were saying because you couldn't say you couldn't be blunt because you couldn't be rude because you couldn't be mean because you were a Christian and you had to be perfect and you had to be sweet and you had to be kind and you had to be nice. But they wanted to interpret that I don't like you. This isn't good enough. You need to do better. I'm not. You know, like you're going to go to hell if you like. You do you understand what it, I'm saying? So incredibly passive aggressive yes. that it looks passive yes yeah and and you're you were responsible for understanding that you had to understand that because they were never Whoa. going to just come right out and tell you what they meant it was all metaphors and jesus talked in stories and he used examples and he used metaphors to communicate so we're going to also instead of just saying like this is how it is okay <laughs> okay so the experience that um, uh, I recently I realized a past trauma of just how traumatic sacrament meetings were, mm-hmm. as far as like j- 
just sitting there and just like stillness is like reverence is holiness. Reverence mm-hmm. is worth at that point. Yeah. And uh, I totally lost my train of thought. It's okay. You were what, talking about sacraments, how sacrament. What meetings. was the last thing you said? But we're responsible, constantly responsible to read, to read subtext, to understand oh, meaning. Oh, the, what, we, what you were saying about how like the vagueness of it mm-hmm. implies something so much deeper and yes. so much more that we were supposed to just know. Yeah. Yes. And if we didn't, that was a talent. That was a talent. That was, that was being responsible for something we didn't know. Mm-hmm. Yes, which no one is responsible for knowledge they don't have, in my opinion. But I that like how how I have learned to interpret this world came from those sacrament meetings, in that when you know these men that were the mouthpieces to God, yes, when they were saying something so vague that you know like this is what we should be doing this is the the uh, you know most holy of behaviors and because i wasn't doing it mm-hmm. such as masturbating like we need to be whole oh, and, God, and yes and clean and like refrain you and can't even like enjoy personal pleasure in any capacity and because human being humans are gross have (laughs) sexual needs that need to be filled because i wasn't at that point i Mm -hmm. like he was talking directly to me that i was fucking up yep oh god and that like and that was it was so weird you were Mm -hmm. just like pulling the words out of my brain that 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 vagueness is often made to be interpreted in this way mm-hmm. like yeah. that yes. it is so strategic these things i'm gonna make this broad statement and you're going to reply it to your <sighs> issues yeah and it, and make it seem like mm-hmm. you are wrong yes. like that you again that you will never be good enough you know because you have mm-hmm. a physical body period was often like yep. what it's been coming back for me you know what that's called? That's called manipulation. And you know what we call manipulation? Abuse. Oh. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. if you break it down like that. So let me ask you a question. This is something that just popped into my head while you were talking. Um, right along exactly what you were saying. If you had a partner that you were supposed... A parent. Any kind of loving relationship. Let's, let's say that. Any yeah. kind of loving, intimate, in any way relationship. They're supposed to love you, protect you, care for you um, uh, uh, unconditionally. And they never directly communicated with you. It was all like, oh, it was all metaphors. I heard this story one time about this person that did this, that, um, yeah, apparently that, you know, that really ruined their relationship. Oh, yeah, like, you know, just everything was metaphors. Everything was like, um, you know, like, did you know that um, if your kitchen... I read this article the other day that if your kitchen's always clean, that's a sign of intelligence. You know, like all these... Yeah. If you had a partner that was passive-aggressive, would you consider that a positive trait? Absolutely not. Uh, I mean, <laughs> many of us, hopefully, would say no. Yes. <laughs> so I'm just realizing that living 
in an intimate relationship with an entity that never directly communicates with you, never speaks directly to you, only speaks in metaphors, and all of those metaphors are incredibly passive-aggressive, and you are constantly trying to earn their approval. That in and of itself alone is traumatic. That if you brought, if you brought that... What's the word I'm looking for? If you brought that dynamic into an, a physical companionship, mm-hmm. two-day modern a person that you are involved yeah. with, you would say that is manipulation, yeah. that's abuse, that's being passive-aggressive, that's unhealthy, and they do not have my best interests in mind. But you make that person Jesus... That's just how he. Do, that's just that's just how he works. Yeah. That's just he's yep. he's he's perfect. So this is no. Keep, hold every single person, thing, entity responsible for their behavior. If if Jesus is being passive aggressive and manipulative, one, it's probably not Jesus. Two, um, that's negative. So if it is, that's negative behavior. So if it is Jesus, hold him recount- accountable. Yeah. Like that, yeah. Those are the two things. Like. Yeah. Still, still, there is like a standard that people. I got. I don't know. That's a. I don't know. Maybe it's time for a break. Do you, <laughs> <laughs> do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Totally, we- totally. I, I super do. It's um, it's really important to know, to n- know what these situations look like. Yeah. To know what they feel like, and that's and that's something that they want. They whatever, I don't know, they, religion wants to keep you away from is being in touch with your body because mm-hmm. your body tells you a lot about situations and people. Yeah. And if you were to be in tune with this instrument that that you have, it would tell you to fucking run, <laughs> yeah, which is yes. not what they need. That's not, that can't do. Oh, God, yeah, we can totally take a break. We can, uh, uh, after this thought, um, but I, yes, that that concept right there is that the whole the manipulation starts when they start telling you that you're not supposed to listen to yourself or your body because your body this physical form is inherently sinful and it is deceiving you that is the one of the most powerful potent forms of manipulation out there when when a when a part when an abusive partner um try like when people when a partner says to someone like you don't know what you're talking about i was in i was in an experience like this where i was in a meeting for a nonprofit organization and the meeting at the end of the meeting i mean the last meeting we had where they were this there was a toxic person there was a toxic person in the meeting this person later we found out later like embezzled money um bullied a board member off jeez they ended up they were single-handedly ended up being responsible for for um putting it into a 25-year nonprofit successful organization that was doing a lot of work in the community the last meeting that i was in i was on the board for a year the last meeting i was in i was presenting solutions to problems and and countering issue like so they would have an issue this is we're making this decision to dissolve mm-hmm. this organization because of this, and I would present a solution to that. Um, there's no one to take up this organization. We have no one else to do this work. I presented no less than eight organizations that were willing to take on everything as is. And the response that I was getting is, you don't know what you're talking about. You've never done this before. You don't know. I've been there. I've done it. That you power don't... trip. Mm-hmm. Uh. That it is the one of the purest, most 
powerful forms of manipulation is convincing the person that they don't they can't trust themselves. You always yeah. can trust yourself. It, like in those senses. Like I mean obviously like I have like I I'm talking about abuse trauma and abuse set aside. If someone's abusing you, telling you that you can't put your knees first, you can't listen to yourself. You don't like that conditioning is incredibly powerful and one of the purest like just darkest forms of 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 abuse and manipulation and that is where toxic religions start the first thing they do is convince you that you can't even trust yourself and your thoughts in your body and and it i mean to me it's almost the easiest start of manipulation mm -hmm. is like that's the, such a low hanging fruit to me. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's just like I don't know. Well, it's maybe one of it's those... the keystone to every yes. other foundational. Yes. Like I think that's you know that like you know why does every do it? Well, why does everyone do it? Well, because it works. Like if it yeah. didn't work, we wouldn't be doing it. You're right. It, <laughs> it's why effective. Break, or why fix what isn't broken? Yeah. Like how can you can't control someone if they if they have agency oh my god why break something that is so fixed yeah what well, yeah <sighs> yeah it it like they fixed. they do it because it works damn okay i need some freaking water yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've got some questions to super interrupt you. <laughs> uh, questions now. Um, so we like to have a couple of questions that just that go along with the focus questions. Yeah, focus questions. Yeah. yeah. So the first one that we have is how do we use language to empower ourselves now? And a couple examples in different, you know, like reclaiming words um, for me, like tarot card readings and then reading about those like is very empowering. Um, um, yeah. Do you, do you want to just like go ahead? Do you want to answer it first? Oh, um, do you have an answer first? Sure. I was just going to say that one of the things I'm working on with my therapist currently is like inner dialogue and, and self-talk. <sighs> yeah. It's 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 really hard for me and it makes a really big difference. Like and right now I'm not really I'm not su being super successful at changing it, but I'm just focusing on acknowledging it. Yes. And knowing like listening to what I'm saying to myself and um it's really powerful. I talked a lot about it in the last couple of weeks when I was just um, here by myself about just about how powerful language, like talking to yourself is in your inner dialogue. And it's, it's uh, a, a really bad habit that I've got into because, uh, you know, in, in toxic religion, we're trained to, you know, like, uh, like bring ourselves down so that we can lift up God. And so um, I think I mentioned this last week where, a negative self-talk was rewarded. It was encouraged yep. because you were, you know, like lowering your yourself while raising God up. And it's not a healthy habit and it's very challenging and it's not a good thing to do. But uh, it's it's something that I'm working on learning how to be gentle with myself and, and say good things, nice things to myself to give myself permission to f to do things and and just, yeah, being being gentle with myself. It's rough yeah yeah um just talking about inner dialogue it's it's funny that something that is such 
a pivotal piece to every other part of healing mm -hmm. is words that we don't even say out loud. Yes. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, obviously some days are better than others, but I, I too was a victim of self, inner self dialogue, inner self abuse <laughs> dialogue. Dialogue, <laughs> self abuse. Um, all of it. I was, I, I was in the grips. Like yeah. there was not a situation where I was not beating myself numb yeah. mentally. Oh, absolutely. Um, and I will say that is a baby steps process. And it, there will be a time where you will beat yourself up even more for beating yourself up. But, and it will seem so counterintuitive. And again, again there's that like, I don't trust in the process. But, but there is a point that you can observe a second that you don't necessarily have to give yourself so much shit. And I will say that the first step in any of it is the observation of it, the acknowledgement of it. And that's not the acknowledgement of it like keeping tally marks. Like there's a very different intention that, that you know, I think it's important, especially when doing this with a professional, like a healthcare professional, to make sure that your intentions are clear and that it's not coming from a place of, um, but I don't know. I don't even. Do you, do you, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that it's not coming from a place of another source that you can beat yourself up. Yes, that spiral that can happen of like, I'm having negative inner self dialogue and I know that that's wrong, so I'm beating myself up for having inner dialogue. Exactly. Which is actually more self. It, which exactly. is more negative self inner dialogue. Exactly. And that loop, can, you can just like bounce back and forth between those two things while all while thinking yes. that um, you're helping yourself. You're, you're, I'm trying, you know, like I'm trying yes. to stop. I'm trying to stop. I'm trying to stop. And, and that, that's, you're actually not. Yes. And, and, and like you were saying before, it's, it's something that got you, it got you through for a long time like mm -hmm. that way of thinking that harsh critic that if it was instilled in you or if you developed it developed it as a response to the extremely toxic situation mm -hmm. that you were in i don't know it might be both it might be neither i don't know but that um that the the key thing is acknowledging that that voice is there to protect you. Their goal, that voice's goal, is to keep you safe. Well, yeah. And acknowledging that, keeping, giving that space, even though it seems really toxic and shitty because it beats you up in the process, but acknowledging that they have a role in your best interest too is yes. something that will allow it to disperse instead of be pushed away. That is mind boggling. That is like a, that is like a, oh, that's the piece of the puzzle I was missing because you can't suppress your inner dialogue, that voice, because the whole 
what PTSD is, what PTSD is, is your trauma response being broken. Yep. Like basic. It's been over-triggered, and so that, like, sense of it is Mm -hmm. no longer accurate. But your trauma response is there to keep you safe. Yes. So what PTSD is, is you've been in so many trauma, traumatic situations that your trauma response has been triggered so often, it's literally just the handle to turn it off broke off, and it's at 100% all the time. Basically, just like high pressure, like, mm-hmm. the coal is still being added, like Constantly. all vents open. <laughs> it's, it's, it's been triggered so often that your brain is just now like everything's a, everything's everything's a, a threat. So, like I was saying, deciding what shirt you're going to wear yeah. for this morning. That is earth shattering and yes. earth shattering decision. Yes. And so that voice that is beating you down for me, this has been my, like, this is the connection I'm making. Mm-hmm. That voice is be- that beating is beating me down is a response to me growing up thinking that if I didn't beat myself down, I would go to hell, which is the worst thing that could ever happen. You know, I don't want to live an eternity in this fiery burning pit of torture forever. So that voice was like, beat yourself down, beat yourself down. You're, you know, like you're, you're worthless, you're worthless, you're worthless. Cause if you have any worth at all, you're taking worth from God and that will, you'll, you'll, you'll go to hell. And so it was there to save your life, but it was just directed in the wrong place. So like, don't, like you said, don't push that voice away. That voice is your friend. It's just operating incorrectly. You need to learn that that's not saving you anymore. That's not keeping you safe anymore. That's actually pointing you towards danger. So if you can learn how to be like, no, 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 like, thank you for the help, but that's actually not helping me anymore. Can we move over here? Because I need help over, like, that's actually not keeping me from danger anymore. That, that, it's, the, the therapist that I'm working with basically is like, the work that we're doing is basically personifying the different voices that are in my head. And, and it, Helping give them a face, like agent, not agency, or but a character. Character, yeah. Thank However, you. that looks like, and that that goes beyond gender or even human, yeah. you know. But to give it something that you can communicate with has been a key element in being able so to unpack <laughs> i know i'm like tearing up uh, yeah um it's been a key thing in being able to even acknowledge that that voice gives a shit about me at all and that's i think where the element of recognizing the source yeah. who who made that voice's definition of safe it was the church. The church yes. sewed that into the definition of safety, and that goes back to language. What we mean by safe is very different now. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, my God, this is really, uh, you know, we, we need to do this all the time just because I need this therapy <laughs> for me. Fucking, so there's a, I'm going to, you know. Let it go. Like vulnerable right now. But I I have, I really want to write a book and I've had this idea to write a book for a really long time and it's kind of this fantasy um, allegorical representation of my experience with religion. And um, one of the premises is, you know, that that there was two people that were in charge of life and death and, and, 
know, life is where what the, the representation of life, they came down to be what we know as Jesus, you know, and then humans killed him on the cross. That's where we get the story of Jesus. And now there has been no life. That's why we're careening towards this end of all Whoa. life because there is no life. In it. There's no balance. So death's, death still exists, but life is gone. So, Whoa. I mean, anyone that's listening, you know, if I ever write this book, you'll know the end, but whatever. But so the whole, the, it all comes to that when they bring back life, they find out that life is act, has actually been instrumental in this whole thing to um, get more power. That they have like basically faked their own death. And they've been letting humans die before their time and then taking up the remainder of their life as power to take back the power from the earth, which was created humans in general. And so they just want all of the power. Life just wants all of the power, all of the magic, all of the everything. And they've been allowing humans, they've destroyed balance to allow humans to come to their eventual end. And so that they could take all the power because humans are actually the most powerful things on the planet. And so at the end, death, which we know as Satan and all this bad is actually the, the person that's good trying to create, bring back balance, but they are convinced they have no power because life was the one that had the power to bring life and death was just the one that like was like the, the planner, <laughs> the, uh -huh. the, the calendar keeper, you know, yeah. like, well, this person died, I'll send it over here to, to life so they can make something beautiful because life is the one that deserves all the attention. Life is the one that is the that made everything happen. They can bring life. I'm just death. I only call yeah. I only cause sadness and destruction and, and grief and pain. Yeah. And there's this mo this clear moment I have in the end when life is just about ready to destroy death. Balance will be completely gone. They'll have all the power, everything. And they keep saying I there's nothing I can't do anything about this. I can't I'm not I don't I'm just death. I don't have the power. And the the, the main character of the book, the human the human in the book just looks at them and like yells at them. Who told you that? <sighs> Who was the person that told you you have no power and that all you can do is being can be in control of death and that there's, and that you can't do anything. And that's the moment where they realize the only reason they have that thought process is because life told them that they didn't hear it from mm. the, the from earth they didn't hear it from the overall power there was no like this is your responsibility this is your job from the very first moment life was the one that told them that they have no power and they can't do anything so this entire time they've they've had all of the power they've had exactly the same amount of power as life did they are equal to everything yeah but they just didn't believe it they just didn't know it and that's kind of how I'm envisioning this inner voice, this inner dialogue of like, you're so stupid. You're such an, these are the things that I'm dealing with. Mm -hmm. You're so stupid. You're such an idiot. You can't keep, you can't remember anything. God, you can't even, you can't keep your house you clean. You can't this. keep your you dishes should, done. You, you yeah. should be this. You should be more successful. You should be making more money. You yeah. should, you know, whatever. Um, it's like, who told you that? Who, who in your life who was the one that told you the only time anyone will ever love you is if you get your shit together? Who told you that? My father? <laughs> he certainly wasn't helpful. <laughs> like religion? I don't, I, that's not an influence in my life anymore. Right. Like my pastor? Oh, you mean the horrible pastor who was awful and caused and is responsible for a lot of my trauma? Yeah, I'm not interested in listening to them, but yet they're the ones that created this inner dialogue that I have now. They're the ones that formed 
that inner dialogue. They're yeah. the ones that gave that dialogue the script. They're the ones that taught them how to how to speak. And so now I'm still listening to that inner dialogue and that inner dialogue has been created and influenced by those people that are that have caused my abuse. I've recognized that those people are abusive. I've yet to connect that abuse to my inner dialogue. Well, and I think I think it is it's going to be it's it's going to be a weird warped little cancer of a tree for a very very long time. You might not ever un like detangle the two but that's that's like what that's when you capital y you question the source or like the motives Mm -hmm. or like what yeah the motives of your inner inner dialogue and and a question that my therapist asks me a lot is does the voice of your inner dialogue know how old you are? In in an example of like, do they know how much shit you've taken care of? Do you do they know that you that you can make these decisions? Do they know that you don't necessarily need their direction? Yeah. Yeah, that's really amazing. That's a good question. Like, because are they aware that you're not still, because, because that's a lot do about, you know? Yeah, like, exactly. That's what know? I was thinking. No, <laughs> like th- a lot of trauma, a lot of trauma, like there's development. There's like, you know, like uh, one thing of trauma is that some, like your development stops when you start experiencing that trauma. So oftentimes if that trauma goes on for years and years and years, you kind of, your brain kind of stays at that age. Yeah. That's, n- that's a very loose, vague description, but that's, that's kind of a factor. Your trauma also brings you back to those moments when you're that age. So yes, for a lot of those inner dialogue, it like it's not aware that you are a full functioning adult and, and have taken care of yourself for a long time and, and don't need that that intense instruction, direction, or discipline. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry, I was just gonna say another thing before I forget is mm-hmm. the whole kind of point that I told that story about, you know, my story is that this inner dialogue I'm realizing it's like that moment. It's like the moment in the movies where the 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 enemy, the protagonist has has like um, warped the 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 person's mind, and they see the person trying to help them as the enemy. So they're trying to kill that person. Or well, that was kind of harsh, but that's usually how animes or cartoons go. You right. know, is what I'm thinking. Is how my brain's working. They're usually trying to like injure that person because they're the enemy to save themselves. And then when that deception breaks, they realize that they're finding their friend. They're finding their, their, their companion. And that's what, how, that's the connection I've been making while this conversation about my inner dialogue, I've been fighting against it for so long when in reality, what it actually, like what I'm starting to see is it's that really incredible, helpful friend that's just yelling at me to be safe and, and help myself. They just don't have all the information. <laughs> They're yes. just misinformed. They just don't have all the information, but they're actually a really helpful friend. They're not the enemy anymore. Yeah.